Red Dead Redemption. Nailed it. No. No bang. It looks Matthew, like Chuck Norris. Is that Norris. Matthew McConaughey? It does look live action though, doesn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's high noon. It's high. Oh, it's gonna be. It's literally just gonna be a dueling game. You're just gonna yeah. duel with people with your Joy Cons. Yeah, and you'll be able to feel the rumble. The bullet getting out of it. <laughs> and then, and then you die. It kills you. January 16th, 2017. I'm Ryan. I'm Sandy. I'm Yannick. And I'm Davis. And this is Pixels Weekly Nintendo Switch Premiere Night Edition. We're recording a podcast late at night. It feels different. I kind of like it. Yeah, it's got like a little bit of like an evening vibe to it. So for, for listeners who are confused, we usually record during the day on the weekends and this is our first attempt yeah it's kind of midday this is our first attempt at recording during the evening uh during the week yeah i have my cigar and my whiskey right next to me i was just gonna say i don't know about you guys but i'm tempted to like have a glass of wine or something now during kids don't smoke (laughs) kids don't smoke wine don't do it it's chill get comfy So we're here on Nintendo Switch Premiere Night, so we are going to be doing our our regular preamble show with our hodgepodge, keeping it pretty short and tight. Then we're all going to go and watch this Nintendo Switch thing, uh, record our reactions in case we have any good ones. They might not make it in the show, but maybe they will. And um, then we will talk about... I mean, I will have some sort of a reaction. There's no way there's going to be no reaction. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm actually looking at the YouTube gaming chat, which is a phrase I never thought I'd say. Uh, and uh, there's a bunch of it's it's already lit up with people it's amazing i got into the room about 20 minutes ago there were 54 people watching currently there are 84,000 people tuned in on youtube there we go that's a lot waiting for the countdown yes 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 and if if y'all listeners were in our discord during this then you would have a link on youtube as well to come watch it all right so we start off every show with what is in the news and what we are playing and in our minds. <laughs> it's the hodgepodge. <laughs> I know this late night. I'm going to have to get used to it. Uh, what's everybody's hodgepodge <laughs> this week? I'm going to start because Ooh. ladies first. Ladies first, 2017. Mm-hmm. Oh, 2017, we keep ladies okay. first. We're trademarking that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can trademark ladies first. Because no one's ever used the phrase ladies first. Nope. <laughs> Never. It's true. It's true. We're the... We're Originals. I mean, we're pioneers. But exactly, exactly, yeah, exactly. But I'm gonna start with more esports news, and this one is actually, I'm really excited about this. A few days ago, we got several announcements. One was that the basketball team, the Miami Heat, have invested into an esports team called Misfits. So okay. That's they're, they're the ones with like the little mouse rat as a mascot, right? It's like a little like like rat mouse kind of thing. Yeah, like a super like it's really weird. I don't. I thought I've Dwayne Wade was before. their mascot. <laughs> no, not the Heat. Not the Heat. <laughs> oh, the, the esports team. <laughs> okay, you're like fine. what? Um, which is cool because that means they can do merch. Uh, they'll have proper managers, which legitimizes the esports 
scene. And Legendary Studios has also invested into an esports team. Uh, they've invested into Team Immortals. And that one is totally crazy because it, it, it was unexpected. Uh, Lionsgate makes movies and the Immortals are just an esports team. But the joint statement was like, yeah, Lionsgate's into making media and we're into making media because we, we play video games. Wait, was it, Lion, Lion, was it Lionsgate or Legendary? You said Legendary at first. Oh. Lions or, are they, or are they the same thing? Because I know because Legendary Studios is also a a, a production studio. No, not le- I'm sorry, not Legendary. I probably was confusing Legendary because they're the ones that did the Warcraft movie. God, I I honestly could not tell you the difference between Legendary and Lionsgate uh, the t- off the top of my head. I really couldn't. If you were to see their like, you know how like every studio has their like intro thing, like like the MGM has like the the lion or whatever. If you yeah. were to see the two of them, you'd be able to distinguish them. You're like, oh yeah, now I recognize that. Right, right, right. I think one is orangey. Does that sound right? Lionsgate brought you John Wick. Oh, God, John Wick. Have you guys seen John Wick? I love John Wick. Oh, my God. What a good movie. <laughs> well, you know you know, the second one is coming out, I, I can't think, watch 2017. it because the dog dies. I, yeah, I was going to say, what are oh, they going to r- do? Ruin really the first five movie? minutes of the movie for everyone, Sandy. I know. Thanks, Sandy. Wait, was it? What, what, what was it? it? What is it? I don't know that thing. Well, no, we're not going to tell you now. Yeah, okay. no. Well, well hold on, wait. Davis, Davis hasn't been here. Uh, he wasn't here on the show last week. Um, so we have to let him know, Davis, when it comes to spoilers, ladies first. (laughs) (laughs) Works with everything. It does. It really does. (laughs) Oh, man. Cool. All right. So we're getting some esports gear that fits right into your gamer resolution, right, Sandy? Buy more stuff. Buy more stuff. Well, I think what's really interesting, too, is they're like the second or maybe maybe even more than that of, of basketball organizations that are getting involved in esports. And I think it kind of actually makes a lot of sense. If you think about all of the mainstream professional sports out there, basketball is probably kind of like the showiest. Yeah. If you look back to like the 70s and the 80s of the NBA, it was a very like showy, entertainment-oriented league as opposed to other leagues that i think were more focused on this on the sport um, right right right. on football and whatnot yeah so i think it the, sort of like makes sense that they would be the the owners and the organizations that are getting involved in esports because esports is obviously like a very very showy presentational sort of uh league <laughs> one one might say it's only presentational yeah. yeah and if you disagree with that go watch the uh the international dota championships i finally watched that and went and looked at those 3d holograms that you guys had told me about when they present the hero that somebody's oh, chosen, yeah. like in front of them, is the three D hologram. That that's absolutely insane. <laughs> it's really crazy. Right? It's an interesting, uh, interesting thing. I mean, I follow soccer in Europe, obviously, and uh, it's something that almost becomes really common now. Every 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 once in a while, you hear a team buying an esports franchise. I would say, and um, and and yeah, you know, it's kind of like something where they they get they still give them full control on the branding. They just I guess partner them really uh, and give them funds and yeah they bankroll them more than anything else yeah, yeah and and I think one team in the UK got involved into that recently and that was probably the first team in the UK um, Spain Germany and France have been going into it for 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 a bit Germany started because Germany but um, yeah it's 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 getting there there but you answer my question that I was asking myself was the Miami Heat the first NBA franchise to do that but. No, I think Not the owners apparently. of the Golden State Warriors have also gotten involved. Oh, I don't remember okay. which esports franchise they invested the in. The Memphis Grizzlies are, have also done it. So that's the other yeah. thing that's really interesting is uh, team 
the Immortals. They have the co-owner of the Memphis Grizzlies bankrolling them. They also have uh, other few other venture capitalists like bankrolling them. And Team Echo Fox, which was started by Rick, Rick Fox, Fox and a Warner Brothers exec. So that's that's also seeing entertainment companies take a vested interest into esports is actually very cool. They want to scoop yeah. them up before wrestling buys everything. Yeah. <laughs> My hodgepodge this week is um, about Titanfall 2. Um, oh! I, uh, I, I, yeah, I don't really talk a lot about that game. Uh, it's interesting. Um, it's it's one of the most underrated game of 2016, and the news that I'm bringing you is probably a, um, a feeling that EA. Uh, it's something that shows that EA probably feel the same way. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but it's today Thursday, and uh, wait, hold on, it happened. No, it started happening. Uh, the first tweets came out on January 11th. So what happened was that the community community manager of the Titanfall uh, Twitter account uh, decided to use some kind of a bot to almost or at least flag uh, people on Twitter that were mentioning uh, that they wanted to play a new game. Oh. Uh, if 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 you want an example, someone here. At some army guy, 1995 says, "As much as I don't want to, I need a new game. COD Infinite Warfare stream tonight." And uh, the Titanfall account answers to that guy directly, saying, "Ever consider giving Titanfall 2 a try?" And then <laughs> sends a link. <laughs> sends sends a link of Titanfall.com. Ten ways Titanfall 2 is a different shooter. Um, wow! So a That's little brilliant. bit of uh, free self promotion. Um, brilliant. That's interesting. You point that out. Some people thought it was brilliant. Some people thought it was a little bit too aggressive. Um, we have to get some the same bot that, technology for Pixels Weekly. Yeah, yeah. There are people that said, you know, <laughs> need a new Ten game. Ten reasons to play. why Pixels Weekly is different than <laughs> it's like yeah. different podcasts. A giant. I need a new bot. podcast. Boom. But the thing is, uh, we 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 can't scope it to just people who are talking about video game podcasts. We need someone who's like talking about cereal, being like, "Oh, I need oh, a new, yeah. like cereal like right. podcast." We're like, have you tried Pixels Weekly? <laughs> <laughs> have you have you attempted? To expand your horizon into nonsense. Anybody mentioning NPR? Let's go. We jump on it. That's right. We um, can, hey, we can all talk like this. We can all talk. <laughs> it's not a problem. <laughs> well, and you played that cool jazz music uh, in the yeah. last episode. Oh, yeah, That's very true. NPR. We it's can NPR of you, Ryan. And um, so it's very weird. In my opinion, if you want my opinion, it's very aggressive. I don't think it's going to get them anywhere. Um, I I think, and especially looking at those uh, articles, like the article is named Titanfall Twitter spams, spams, random people who tweet they want to play a new game. So that's the article, <laughs> how it's turned out. It's Kotaku, granted, but um, it has been relayed in kind of a negative way at the end. Uh, so I don't know how much p- good publicity is going to give them. Also, given the fact that it's true, their game is freaking awesome and more people should play it. But it's probably not the right approach. Um, that being I need, said, I, I mean, need to like see it because I feel like there's a way that you could do that very tongue in cheek, where it's very obvious that it's a bot and it's very like repetitive in what it yeah. says. Where it could be kind of comical, right? However, if it's, it didn't look that way and it was trying to appear as if it was him, uh, it, like like tweeting himself, then I think that that's not. Yeah, so great. I, I don't think it's a bot because like every uh, every mention is different. Do you think you will check out Titanfall two soon? Think you will give Titanfall two a try, Rachel? Like a, a, the account was. Rachel. Oh wow! Um, so it's really manual, and I mean, it seems you know like a real person doing it. They're just flagging um, tweets that say 
need a new game like the the mentioned new game i think that's what they're flagging and so there's that gotcha. tweet that you know the, the article ends um need a new game to play and it says um the titanfall account responds do you think you will look more into titanfall 2 and <laughs> the person wow. answers like straight up at titanfall game no <laughs> like <laughs> lowercase no uppercase just like don't bother we don't bother me with my tweet i didn't want to i didn't want any of that so a little bit aggressive i don't think ea and once again i don't think respawn is responsible for that it's at this point it's ea you know and it's just taking the lead folks you know and marketing, marketing does marketing with does. their also, there have been like much greater marketing crimes committed in the world of video games. That's true. Yeah. I mean, Titanfall is literally a game about robots, so who cares if a robot's doing all their Twitter? An interesting approach, though. Ryan, what do you got for us? Okay, well, before I do my hodgepodge, I want to give you guys a little update here. The Nintendo Switch event is is now switched over from a waiting screen to a DJ playing rave techno music with laser lights dual hd screens this looks like they're really going to be putting on a presentation tonight and the number of people watching anyone want to take a guess of what it's up to you said it was like eighty thousand earlier right it was about we 80, have 130 130 000 115 000 137 000 i have 139 oh i just got to 140 now see it's it's ju- it's jumping it's intermittent okay my hodgepodge is kind of a bummer, actually. I, as you guys, um, yeah, great. I hope I hope somebody from the company is listening. I I definitely want to reach out to them again this week, maybe over social media. But uh, as you guys may know, you know, about a month ago or two, I picked up a Razer keyboard. Very excited about it. Liked it very much. And I keep my desk, my computer desk, near a window. And within, God, I have to say six feet of one of the radiators near my house. Um, A radiator? Yeah, we have radiating heat. Um, Because it's cold tonight. You should see me. Yeah, it actually does get a little chilly here. Yeah, I'm wearing Um, my cashmere hoodie. Great I'm wearing invention. the throw from the couch. <laughs> right now, I look like a 70-year-old woman. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I came home after Christmas, uh, being away for a couple weeks, and I went to go use my keyboard, and something felt wrong. Like, all the buttons were kind of, like, weird. And then I looked down, and my uh, D-pad, the up, down, left, and right, and most of the numpad, the keycaps were melted. They were melted. So do you keep this under your desk, like near the radiator? Because I know that you don't have that keyboard out on top of your desk at all times. I don't keep it I don't keep it near the radiator. I will put it under the desk, but it, it is still like three, four feet from mm. the radiator. And I rarely ever turn the radiator on. In fact, I can't think of a time when the radiator would have been on, certainly not through vacation. Um, so I reached out to Razor Support. Uh, after them making me send them pictures and sending them serial numbers and photo evidence and all this stuff, they tell me they won't cover it. Uh, they don't cover a- accidental damage, is what they say. 
I said, okay, this wasn't an accident. I wasn't home. <laughs> like, it's just, it is what it is. Is there anybody I can talk to? This is a, So after a second exchange, this has been about a, a week and a half thing now. After a second customer support exchange, they said, we also don't cover acts of God. So, um, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> well, I first of all, it was really bright, and the windows just magnified the keyboard. Yeah, who knows? Even even though are you making a keyboard that can be melted by, you know, the sunlight? Uh, very disappointed. Uh, I can still play Overwatch with it because the left hand side of the keyboard seems unharmed, but Razer really. So far, not doing a good job standing by their product. It is a brand new keyboard. I got it on Black Friday uh, on Amazon, or Cyber Monday, rather, on Amazon. Um, and oh, the, most important, the most important question, though, do the chromatic DJ laser lights still function? They do, but they're significantly duller on the right-hand side Ooh. of the keyboard. That's what I would be complaining about. Yeah, it's it's a serious problem. And so I'm going to reach out to them via social media. Maybe they'll pay attention. Maybe they won't. But if my options are now to spend more money on another keyboard, um, you can you can better believe if they don't stand by this product that I will not be getting another Razer keyboard. Very, nope. very frustrated at the moment. I haven't tried one of their keyboards yet, but for all of my other peripherals, I use Logitech, and I am very pleased with their uh, their G gaming line. I've always products. loved Logitech. Always. Always loved Logitech. So maybe this is the time to switch. Very odd. Very odd. I mean, they're probably used to just weird excuses from the customers. Uh, you know, we're we're known the gamers to be kind of immature. So we're probably being right now the collateral damage of, of some immature kid trying to make them believe that their thing just burned out of no, nowhere. Yeah. And I'm, st- I'm just a 30-year-old man who wants to eat players. <laughs> Uh, all right before i go uh before i finish my hodgepodge update i'm at 171,000. the numbers keep climbing and now they're showing that they're giving away free wi-fi yeah the ssid is nintendo presentation so (laughs) well well, no no the the thing though is the wi-fi is free for the first 10 minutes and if you Uh, like the wi-fi then you have to pay 9.99 that's a mario run that's that's a super mario run joke for for those who were confused it worked better you if if you're able to read the chat just let me know because i'm trying and you know my eyes keep on popping off no i gotta like is the chat must have a setting for me to just go slow mode slow mode or something you know like twitch does but uh, youtube hasn't implemented that feature youtube is not there yet all right davis welcome back to the show first of all thank you i'm so pleased to be back. We're happy you returned from the grave. You said we made it sound like you died last week. Well, so, so later on in the episode, I realized that you did mention that I was just away that week. But you were just like, Davis didn't make it back to the new year. <laughs> Davis passed. Anyways, passed. moving on. The cold took him in the, <laughs> the night. <laughs> no, man, we're, we're happy to have you. What's, what's up? What's, what's your hodgepodge? So my hodgepodge is going to start with uh, a little bit of a follow-up to the episode that you guys did last week talking about your New Year's gamer resolutions for 2017. Mm. Um, So just to quickly go over my biggest gamer resolution, and we'll just stick with one, and I've actually already talked about it kind of towards the end of last year. I, I talked about it hypothetically being something I might try in 2017, but like many of us, uh, as we talked about in our episode where we talked about the fact that there's just too many games on the market, 
yeah too many games coming out and it's very difficult to fathom how you're going to play even a small fraction of them i think that what i would like to do is try to minimize the number of games that i play and maximize the quality of those games that i play and for me, the easiest way to determine quality, unfortunately, does come from some sort of review system. And rather than looking at like a Metacritic, because I think that, unfortunately, Metacritic can be often like like populated with publications and, and scores that I don't necessarily care for, uh, yeah. or I don't necessarily agree with the way that they do reviews, I'd rather pick a single... Uh, review source that I do know that you know generally follows the same uh, uh, tendencies that I do when I when I review games and I think about games. So Polygon is my review source of choice, and I've decided that I'm going to do my best to not play any games unless they receive a 9.0 or above on Polygon. <sighs> that sounds strict, right? However, I think I remember looking back at 2016's reviews from Polygon, and that still has me playing like a decent number of games. They, they don't, you know, freely give out nines, but they don't hesitate to when they really like a game. Yeah. Um, and so the second part of my hodgepodge, surprise, surprise, the first game in that category, I finally picked up Final Fantasy 15. Whoa. And, and I had read an article, I think it was a Verge article, that said, um, we highly recommend that you watch the uh, Final Fantasy 15 anime series called Brotherhood and the Kingsglaive Final Fantasy CG movie that uh, was released before starting to play the game. It can be very beneficial to your enjoyment of the story and your understanding of the story. So I went ahead and did both of those things uh, as somebody who's constantly trying to trying to seek out a really great narrative within a game. And I'm probably about an hour and a half, two hours into uh, the game itself. Um, and I, I have to say, uh, I'm head over heels for it. I'm blown away. Um, really, really pleased with the product that I've, you know, sort of like gotten into just like I said, the first couple of hours. But um, it seems to be right up my alley. It's a beautiful game. Uh, it does all the cheesy attempting to tug at your heartstrings full of emotion, trying to make it really angsty. And honestly, like I love that in a video game. And so far, that combined with like a really fantastic combat system, I'm really enjoying it. Awesome. Yeah, I do like the approach of kind of just like hold down a button, but then a bunch of different ways to make the combat dynamic beyond that. Yeah, and and I think like the warping is really great as well. The way that you you can warp up to high points, and that's sort of yeah. how you like regenerate your uh, your your uh, whatever you call it, your mana points, I guess, or your health points and stuff. Um, I said last week it, that it's a bit much, but like I I could see myself losing a dozen hours to just fishing. Yeah, I just got to the point where I, I started to fish. The fishing was a lot harder than I expected it to be. Yeah, yeah. cool. But yeah, uh, so I'll definitely be sinking a lot more time into that. And uh, I know that you had said you were going to pause because they had talked about rejiggering the ending, Ryan. Uh, and so maybe once that's done and we both sort of get to completion there, we can have a nice long discussion about it. But uh, so far, if, if you enjoy good third-person combat, great story and stunning visuals final fantasy 15 is a a, a must i think um, even as someone who doesn't have like necessarily like a storied past with the final fantasy series <laughs> that's great man yeah i'm glad to hear a final fantasy for fans and first timers right that's what they say that's the first thing they say like right when you start <laughs> the game, every yeah. time the game starts it says that so they're pretty uh pretty no kidding to it. that's interesting 
All right. So that is the hodgepodge. We're going to go away. The countdown timer has started. Now we're up to 260,000 people watching this Nintendo thing. I'm very excited. I hope you guys are excited, too. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking about everything that is about to go. Look at us being on time. I, I know. Feel like you're, I'm so proud you're filling of up us. the gap between now and the time the, the countdown saying zero. Yeah, no kidding. I've got 20 16, seconds. 15, 14. Refresh if you're not. Oh, you're ahead. Oh, no. I'll know all the secrets first. <laughs> all right. Five seconds before everybody else. Yeah. All right, listeners. We'll see you when we get back. Thank you very much to all of you who have joined us here today. And thank you to everyone viewing the presentation live online. Many people around the world watched the Nintendo Switch video we released. I love how, like, the Nintendo executives year. not only have... It, it's not even that they have, like, broken English. Positive. None of them speak a word of English. Nintendo Switch will release simultaneously on March 3rd. March 3rd! In Japan, in North America... The translator is laughing about it. And 99 cents. Oh. 300 bucks. A little high for price me. in Europe? Yeah, I need that to be like 250. Local retailer. Ah, your pins and your stupid Next. bat tax. You'll be able to We're share the screens you capture with friends over social media. Over social media. That's so Nintendo. Something new we just invented. Joy-Con includes accelerometer and gyro sensors, making them to be like it doesn't work with Facebook, Snapchat, uh, Instagram. But we did develop our own shitty social network for you to share it on. Yeah, but I like Matilda. Look right here. I like the fun pictures. You can hand a Joy-Con to the person next Amazing. to you Mini to play your game. It is, but like, do those look comfortable to we play? We call this sharing. That's what we were saying while you were gone. I've got small hands. So, <laughs> Nintendo Switch comes with two controllers oh, right from the start. <laughs> the straps are back! And this is the joy Yes! I'm totally excited about this! You can slide Colors. the rail like this. The, the strap actually looks like it makes the buttons more comfortable. Yeah, the strap makes it, makes, might make it comfortable. It's great for games that have you swinging your hands, attaching to your wrist so you won't drop it. And it makes the Joy-Con easier to grip. Ah, just said it. You understand me. You understand my struggle. It works like a Wiimote. This is the type that will come with your Nintendo Switch system, but there will also be other colors sold separately. The right Joy-Con also has it's a motion the extra camera money. that can sense the shape, motion, and distance of objects in front of it. It's right here. What? For example, it can tell the difference between rock, paper, and scissors. There's and it can cameras tell how on the controllers? The hand that threw it is. This will make unique new control styles possible. What's this? That's weird. It feels like something shaking in a glass. I like it. What? The Joy-Con can convey to you the feeling of ice cubes colliding in a cup. Wow. You can even tell. It probably just vibrates. One, two, three. 
The number of ice cubes in the glass. And no, they, they seem to be talking about this vibration in a different way. Yeah, just saying this vibration. is produced by the precision of the new HD rumble. Sold. It's just like, yeah, it's just better vibration technology. With these new sensing and vibration technologies, the Joy-Con itself boasts an expressiveness that invites the player to pick up the controller. The Joy-Con offers more than just traditional video game controls. It invites everyone to a new world of entertainment. Allow me to introduce you to two new games possible by the Joy-Con. One that everyone can play together, and one with depth, challenge, and replayability. First, let's switch to the game everyone can play together. Tell me it's a Cooking Mama game. Mario Kart. The masturbation game. <laughs> there you, you go. can feel it spray out. Oh, Yannick, you took it too far. Too far, too far. <laughs> We're creating one to switch to be a staple Brings for parties and to, to become club. an icebreaker for all kinds of fun communication. Oh man. One to switch features fun for everyone, gameplay made possible. Can you imagine going to job interview and going, hey releases. I've got something that we should do. <laughs> Let's play one to switch. Thank you very much. So we get to know each other. Eva's in the game. Arms. Aren't necessarily Nintendo, remember? There's gonna be third parties on it. Oh, that's what Hello they say everyone. every time. I'm I, don't I can't wait for legs to come out. The producer of the Nintendo Switch game? See the video games. Nintendo console, these are the video games. I wanna see someone just like sitting down playing a video game whether it's in their hands or on a tv i just want to see them playing a video game i don't want to see people exercising and doing calisthenics on stage you know what's so funny is that uh for the fact that there's, there's like exercising in like these nintendo games i just want to point out that like the two separate controllers that you can hold in either hand is so much better for fat people i am the he looks like adorable. At the squid research lab. He's the researcher. He's the one who invented the weapon. This translator sounds like he's about to go to sleep. A new variety of squid that was discovered recently. And today I'm here to announce the fruits of my labor. What the fuck is he holding? He's going to spray the crowd. discovered the squid. Yeah, spray the crowd. There have been many changes to the squid world in that time. Turf war is there dude, but it's pointing at people, dude. He's just pointing it at people. Two teams compete to spray the ground with ink and cover the most turf. He's scaring me. I don't want sport, But it appears the battle stages have changed and the fashions and weapons used have also evolved. It is a fearsome weapon in the hands of... You remember when I was a 30-year-old man and I dressed up like a mad scientist on stage for my job? Can be activated after I didn't understand what's wrong with that. That's the best job ever. And he could be 50. Surely with the introduction of new yeah. weapons, like, uh, 100. <laughs> he could be 150. <laughs> the problem is that they don't, like, the they don't look natural when they Nintendo do it. Right there. <laughs> That's Jonathan Nintendo. John Nintendo. <laughs> Jonathan Nintendo. But you can also play using the Entrepreneur. You can play on a TV screen. 
And you can also play in handheld mode. Yeah, thanks, dude. His name is actually Super Jonathan Nintendo. Controls to aim your aim. Games. I'm tired of these like instruction manuals on stage. And yeah, this is a little weird. Together to battle friends this is what Nintendo does. And they have to. They have to let you like play with friends, but properly. He rehearsed that pause, dude. The second pause was the exact same one that the first one. Yet to uncover. The Squid Research Lab. I am Jonathan Nintendo. I will talk to you later. <laughs> Super Jonathan Nintendo. Super Jonathan. Super Nintendo. Jonathan. Yeah. His, well, his son's, his son's name is Jonathan Super. They didn't clean the screen up. This brand new version of Splatoon arrives. Super Jonathan the world. It should make for some hot matches. Next, let's switch to this. Jonathan Nintendo had a son. He would refer to him as the Game Boy. You are my Game Boy. Hey, Game Boy, get over here. Get over here, Game Boy. Oh, look at Bowser. He's got a top hat. <laughs> Mario can well, throw his that. hat. Amiibo, I'm gonna buy it. Oh, Mario can throw his hat. Oh, I've just become so excited. Yannick, who are you chatting with? Taking notes, dude. It's just that he types. It's like he's beating up his keyboard. Yeah. Was oh, this beautiful Joe? If this is beautiful Joe, I'm gonna take a shit. I'm gonna take a shit! It do it's probably not. It's probably not. Who says that? <laughs> it's probably not. Like, you're just so excited that you're gonna shit your pants, or what? Yeah, Kingdom <laughs> this is Hearts. what it is. I'm gonna poop. Oh. The Undertaker. Oh, easy. Those are like three seconds. It's uh, Once you get to the title, you'll know exactly what it is, Davis. It's easy. I don't know what oh, it is. I'm looking at a Japanese title. I know. That's the <laughs> you'll know exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Project Octopath Traveler. Embark on an adventure all your own. This Project Octopath Traveler. Come on. What you just saw was the latest. Oh, you game know that game, Project Octopath. <laughs> Project Octopath Traveler. Why do the Japanese do it to us? <laughs> hey, you guys want to go over to my house and play Project Octopath Traveler? I am sorry, I was up too late playing Project Octopath Traveler. <laughs> can't even fit in a tweet. P.O.T. Davis, what do you want for Christmas? Oh, Mom, I want Project Octopath. You know what I want. I want that P.O.T. Son's really in the pot. Project Octopath. We're going to try it. You guys want to do some pot? To start, let's switch. Hello, everyone. I am Toshiro Nagoshi from Sega. Sega. Of course this is what a Sega executive looks like. Of course it is. He's still depressed by the last Sony game that he released. I, as an individual creator, sense a new kind of appeal with this game hardware. Yeah, have a round his neck. Nice fade, bro. He's just, Nintendo I think he's got the remnants of the last five Sonic two. games around his neck. <laughs> Doesn't he look like one of those characters that this when you, you like, can have a manual control of all the... Uh, and I would the like physical to, appearance of your uh, face, then you go or you bring everything to a maximum. Create, uh, <laughs> an 
Oh, uh, like they just <laughs> turned up all the sliders and like <laughs> in Bloodborne, or just like what Thank does the face look like? I've been going to some events, some gaming events in Japan. On uh, Nintendo. Games, and I like how they're literally just presenting an idea of a game a guy had. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I, I had an idea last night, and, and I got somebody to draw up a quick sketch <laughs> of the idea, <laughs> <laughs> and that's and that's what I'm here to present to you. Oh, Welcome so to this Isn't that sketch. Like what every gaming event is though, like. No, no, but this is literally no. a guy no, up on stage going like, like <laughs> I thought maybe there could be jumping. Uh, so see here, I've drawn a picture of the A button, uh, which I would uh, think and, about. And I, th and I thought of that about five minutes that before I got up here. <laughs> I got a lot of work done behind stage. Thank you. We just drew this shit. Funny how they make sure that it looks like so it looks like an evening show when working on right now. They're probably uh, doing this in the morning. Will be something that will take advantage of this. Uh, yeah, they are. After lunch. <laughs> environment that it's easy for uh, indie developers to. This one game. game that I'm working on. So if I'm working on, I mean. We will have a game. I mean, I started working on it today. And then they told me there would be two Joy-Cons. I was like, huh. We, we, uh, I will try and use both of those cons. Wasn't there going to be a Pikmin game also? Yeah, I think I saw a goat simulator in there. And an AC adapter. Oh, thank God, a power switch. <laughs> you guys laugh, a new 3DS doesn't come with one. Listen. I have two extra. versions. Take it away. Uh, Reggie Fizeme. I'm Satoru Shibata of Nintendo of Europe. Who are you? Good morning, everybody in Europe. Oh, so cute. I'd like to. Mr. Miyamoto. Ah, hi, Lisa. You're here early. <laughs> oh, he's You're so cute. Oh, boy. How do you like it? Good. Oh, that's great. Oh, well, so many. Oh, you're so cute. Oh, I didn't have to go to my. I know. And now Anuma san. But I'm gonna pretend they Thank can. Thank you very much. Hey, Sandy and Yannick. Hey. Hello. Have you guys heard of this newfangled thing called Discord? Discord? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It's just like an internet telephone. Wait, the buttons on it or the one that, you know. It's called Yeah, Discord. the numpads, right? Oh, it'll make you numb. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ready for this one. I'll tell you, Discord is actually a place where you can chat with us. Yeah, that's right. The hosts of Pixels Weekly. Well, I'm very much looking forward to that. But I have a question. Is it going to work on my smartphone? You better believe it, sister. You can do that through the app. Just go to pixelsweekly.com and click on the join link right on the homepage, and you can be chatting with us today. We'll see you there. Yay! And we are back. Whoa, it's late. <laughs> what do you mean it's late you're in like california it's late in new york you gotta understand man i gotta get up very early it's late for me and davis hasn't even eaten food state. yet so i want to keep it tight and brief and so davis doesn't get hangry i don't get exhausted and you guys <laughs> don't fall asleep honestly um i am impressed at the east coaster's ability to still be engaged and awake although what we just saw was pretty riveting so yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here we are. We're, we just saw the Nintendo Switch presentation. Um, of course, you guys are listening to this on Monday. This is days out. 
um, what, four or five days out or something like that from what we just saw. But uh, needless to say, we just looked at it, and it, let's start off with some of the basics. March 3rd seems to be our release date. This is not a surprise. This has been subject to many leaks, but I think the first thing that was kind of interesting that they mentioned was finally we have a line in the sand as to how much this thing costs. Yep. How much does it cost? $299. 99. 99. $299.99. Yeah. <laughs> How do you guys feel about that? <laughs> I was just going to say, I think you, it's fine. you had a, a sigh there. I, I, how, how are you feeling? I will spend it based off of every. And actually, you know what? I think my initial reaction was I need to see that like $50 cheaper. Like, yeah. And I, but, but that was like my gut reaction at first. And I think after they showed everything, I think there are some really interesting groundbreaking technologies they appear to be using and for that reason I think I can I can probably better justify the, the two ninety nine. Yeah. Well I think what's interesting is I and and I want to lean on you and Yannick during uh, our rundown of some of the things that they talked about. We took notes and gonna go through them kind of in order of the presentation, but Sandy and I are for people that don't listen to the show normally or if you're just new to the show, Sandy and I are kind of Nintendo fans. We grew up with Nintendo. It's been in our lives for a long time. Uh, and we're already sold on most of the franchises. And they showed us a few franchises tonight that were just automatically, Sandy and I were going to buy this console before this presentation, let's face it. So the people that Nintendo is extremely interested in is, yes, me and Sandy, but also you and Yannick, you know? I Yeah, I, I, I think that... It's not even just me and Yannick, actually. I think it's probably more a younger generation that, like, never had an opportunity to be a Nintendo generation. I, mean, I, I think there are, you know, middle schoolers, high schoolers, college students these days who that they, they really need to figure out how to target those people and how to bring Nintendo to an entire new generation that, uh, you know, in, in an environment that is incredibly competitive for them as opposed to the environment, you know, that we grew up in. For us, our decision was PlayStation or or uh, Nintendo 64, and and I think these days, the the younger generations have many many more options. And so, you know, while I do think that yes, they need to start targeting people like me and Yannick with the money to spend, who are interested in maybe potentially jumping into a Nintendo environment for the first time, they really need to target that younger generation. Whether I think I think you're right. I do think that they need to be targeting those people. They need to target as many people as they can. But what was interesting is tonight was a continuation of the reveal event. Which is, did you see any children in any of the videos? Did you see any younger person in any of the videos? No, it was all adults. Yes, I saw some during the like the they had some screenshots of the one two switch like facing each other. But we'll probably you want to talk about it a little bit later. But sure, um, there was there was I saw one kid. One kid. So Yannick, what, what is an adult? Yeah. What are you feeling about the two ninety nine? Yeah, I um, it's a good price. I mean, if you think about it as a a legit portable device um what i'm scared about and we'll talk about the specs of it um what i'm worried about is that it it's i, I don't want the portable the handheld mode to be um just a thing that they say on you know but uh, theoretically or they, that they say on the package but something that can actually be um holding on in practice uh, meaning i if a battery is they say two to six if the battery is two meh if it's six it's all right um but yeah i i, I if that 
holds its promises and that and a couple other things um it's a good price yeah the problem is that in this market you'll see it go quickly at 250 for the for christmas or for the holidays um you'll it's see true. you'll see some deals you'll see some bundles so it's a good starting point of starting price for for a console that comes with great franchise on release day and has great releases on the, during the year uh, i don't think it's going to have problems to sell to be honest and for me personally it's 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 cool i'm not questioning i don't think it's like so you know exorbitantly high that it's going to like seriously you know hurt the sales of the thing but uh, with scorpio coming out this year and with playstation pro out and wanting to be competitive with scorpio who knows what scorpio will be priced at but you can imagine this coming christmas we're gonna see ps4s and xbox ones at 250 and if you're a little kid you know asking your parents for the console i i don't know which one to recommend to you i mean the also by this point, Xbox One and PS4 are going to have a huge library of already good games mm-hmm. that you can play. Mm-hmm. And Nintendo's offering will be Zelda now, maybe some stuff in between, but Mario at the holidays, and that's even that is like saying you can speak this kind of frequent for a Nintendo release schedule. The thing though, and maybe this is a good time to sort of like transition into, I think they they next sort of covered all of the different ways that you can use the system. Yeah. I think that when you're talking about price, I think it's it's really easy to just assume that the Nintendo console has to be below Sony and Microsoft products just because uh, of, quote, its power or lack thereof, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is that people just attribute processing power and GPU power in the tech specs to be 100% of the discussion of power and value of the console. Yeah. Whereas, like I said, and we'll talk about this in a second, this console is incredibly versatile, can be used in a multitude of situations, using some pretty interesting technology to do so. And perhaps that is a different kind of power that is value in and of itself, where perhaps because of how versatile it is and how much it can do that the traditional Sony and Microsoft consoles cannot do, maybe it should be more expensive than them. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good I, that's I think a good it's question. just really easy to fall into the rabbit hole of, oh, it's a Nintendo console. It's got to be cheaper because it's less powerful as far as the technical specs go. I think they but, set that you know, precedence you have for to start themselves. Thinking about, Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. I was just going to say you have to start thinking about like the other things that add value to the console. I agree, yeah. I think consumers have a harder time with that because they're sold power equals money by, well, quite frankly, the other console manufacturers. But also, Nintendo, you know, had... You could pick up a, the original Wii for, like, 99 bucks at one point. So, you know, it, it's like they had such a cheap offering, and for them to go back up market again feels, you know, not necessarily great for them. But... Moving on, yeah, let's talk about, um, before we get to all the different ways you can pay, they did mention that it's not going to be region-locked. This is, doesn't, has never really affected me much. I'm sure that'll be big for more international people or Americans that want to get their hands on Japanese games, finally. Uh, so many Nintendo games come out in Japan but aren't commercially viable in the U.S., so finally you can just go and play those games as long as you can get them off of Amazon or whatever, uh, which is nice. Amazon, any like import company, I think... Granted, it's something that other companies have been doing for years, so they're slightly delayed. And <laughs> yeah. I was surprised it was like an announcement. I was like, guys, you know, no one region locks anymore. It's, it's like saying we are not going to use DVDs, and you're like, oh, okay. 
Um, very weird. <laughs> but it, I think it, it's a good step. It, it is going to get more people buying systems in their regions instead of importing them. So that's a plus. Uh, I feel like this is going to be very similar to the Wii, where people had their primary gaming console, either an Xbox or a PlayStation, but the entire family could play with the Wii. And I think the Switch has the opportunity of being that additional console that people have when friends are over or when you just want to, like, go to the park and kick yeah. around a fake soccer ball. It's a little sad that Nintendo still seems, though, even with the, the Switch relegated as my second console. But I think it's probably smart for them to recognize that and try to own that space and recognize that they're not going to be able to come back up and compete at the, at the top primary console level. Like maybe it's a, it's a smart business move to say like, okay, well, if we are already the secondary console, let's be different and as different as we can to make people justify having a secondary console. I want to talk about this second point here that they glazed over very quickly, but I think is really significant. And I think part of it is genius. And I'll, I'll tell you why in a second. So the next bullet point is they're finally having a Nintendo online service. Here's the stuff they glazed over very quickly. Uh, it's free at first, and then you have to start to pay for it, a la your Xbox Live and your PlayStation. So maybe maybe this is a signal that they're finally getting serious about online infrastructure. Here's the thing that's... Until fall 2017, yeah. Here's the thing that stood out to me that I think actually could be better than Xbox and PlayStation. I can't believe I'm saying that. Use your smart device, which we all know it just means phone, basically, or, or tablet or something, right? Use your smart device to chat, set play appointments, and manage your friendships and, and all that stuff. If a console is going to do all the social interaction off on my phone instead of on it, I think I actually prefer that. Except for the fact that it's a portable console. I would prefer that if it were for one of my stationary consoles that doesn't come with me. I think there's potential for some friction with the fact that you are holding the console in your hands making it portable and you have to switch to another device in order to do like social things on it. Well, I think here's the, I don't disagree like with that. Wireless but... headphones and stuff like that. I don't, everyone's got Wi-Fi. You're using discord anyways, or using something totally different to chat when you're I playing just don't, games. I don't want to like have to put down my one portable screen to use my other portable screen and have to switch between the two. You know what I mean? I, I think you're that's sure fair. It's going to be exclusively on your smart device. Uh, no, we, I don't yeah, think we don't they were like necessarily Jesus. clear about that, but I I would not be surprised knowing Nintendo if that was like a little bit of a crutch that they had to use because I would imagine my phone's got like you know it's near equal processing power as that device. Mm -hmm. Something that I have not uh, heard um, when they were talking about the handheld mode, um, they were only talking about local multiplayer and the wife you know having when they mentioned the wireless being available when you were in a handheld they only mentioned the capability to play local multiplayer i haven't heard them uh being able to play online like digitally online with other people um i've only heard the online gaming capability being when you have your console attached to the dock, set into the dock. So. Well, I will I will say a couple points on that. Number one, we saw Hori leak the uh, adapter for wired LAN to the base station. But secondly, I mean, if this is like the 3DS, uh, yes, it's a portable console, but it can't count on having internet. It just can't. 
right? It's going to have Wi-Fi. It's definitely not going to have, you know, LTE or 3G. No, but I think that's what Yannick's suggesting. You're sure that that handheld device is going to have Wi-Fi and that it's not coming out of the base station? Yes, I... Be, well, because... coming out of the... The Wi-Fi is coming out of the, 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 the console, but, I mean, I remember what... I mean... I 3DS remember, has Wi-Fi. Like I can I remember connect the to 3DS having yeah. I remember the 3DS having Wi-Fi and no online capabilities. You were not able to play online. I can well, play online. I could go to McDonald's, play Pokemon with someone in Japan, and it's totally fine. You may have mistaken that for the fact that they just didn't have any online games. Yeah, they didn't have much <laughs> happening. Yeah, there. I mean, there yeah, was nothing. Okay. To, I mean, if, if only the most recent like Mario Kart's and Smash Brothers on 3DS have had. I'd be surprised if play. that was something that came out. Uh, it would probably come out, from, you know, from the time that we're recording until the time that this episode is getting released. It would probably get cleared out. I'm probably just being a little bit too uh, anxious and, and too. Uh, well, it definitely will because there's going to be people who have their hands on it tomorrow. I guess like the non, thing that I want to say about this, like, mm. the most was to me is that, like, I think right now, like, I wish I had the complete social experience of playstation and xbox on my phone but what i get is like a baby or pared down version of it because they want me on the console whereas i think it's smart for reasons that you kind of cited davis which is like get some processing load off of this device and put it onto my phone for things like chat or social interaction but you know maybe that's not the case and maybe it's just like this thing has a reliable internet connection also, we know that Mario Run and Mitomo have like reward systems that those apps connect to each other and recognize each other, so and they if, want to reward if, that. Yeah, and if you're targeting a with Splatoon or those games like that, if you're targeting a younger audience, they're not gonna necessarily have their tablets from their parents, or they're not gonna necessarily have their own phone. So, I think they're still gonna have some way of having this social interactions uh, adapted My into the, the console. My brother's twelve, and he has a cell phone. He's got yeah, an crazy. iPhone. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's. I know twelve year old that probably don't, and they're gonna want to play Splatoon with their friends. But uh, I also like. I think the success of Pokemon Go speaks to how many people have smart devices, and how many people will be willing to like use that. So I think they've done a really good job with their apps to gauge what the feel is for how many people would be using these apps. So I think the numbers kind of like compensate. Uh, any concerns that they might have had. I don't think it's a problem. At Let's keep all. going down the list. Um I don't know how much time you guys want to spend on this, but the battery quote is two and a half hours to six and a half hours. And Ionic, I get the sense that two and a half is way not enough and six and a half is just okay. And the problem is that we're just being sold on paper and then in practice it's really not the not what it is, so just I mean, I don't. I don't this. think they would. I don't think they would overestimate it. They're not going to put a number out there and 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 run the risk of having a number out like actual number that's a lot less than it. That's. Like I was going to really, say really if press. it's a lot less than two and a half hours, they're in deep yeah. trouble. How that being said, I would guess that it's probably closer to that two and a half. Mm-hmm. And but the only cool thing, the 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 really good thing, and compared to the to the 3ds and you mentioned it while we were listening to it watching it uh the usb-c charger is 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 cool you have this universal you know a wire in this universal connection uh connector that we all start to have um exactly i, I just can't it think wasn't of a proprietary it's not a proprietary proprietary I, blah, blah, I can't say it you're gonna say it 
proprietary. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're all helping each other at this late hour. Well, the, so the, the, the thing is, uh, I uh, I can't think of many instances where I'm away from an ability to charge for two and a half hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you're on a plane these days, you've got an ability to charge. Uh, and it, it also, it's USB. Like, as long as you're anywhere where you've got another charged USB device, like a computer or a laptop or whatever, you'll be able to charge it. Yeah. I, I, I as long as you, like you said, Ryan, it's not, you know, significantly below two and a half. I don't think I have too much of a problem with it, but. You know, I, I I just could put money that it's going to be closer to that two and a half set of things. Maybe six if you're just like turning it on and not doing anything with it. Well, you know what? I will bet you some amount of money that when they say six and a half hours, I'll bet you they are talking about if you're picking this thing up mobile and playing like virtual console games on it. Like Super Nintendo, Nintendo games. Like, yeah, it can run 2D stuff for six and a half hours easy when you're playing Zelda Breath of the Wild and open world you know, HD Zelda game, it's going to choke after, you know, two and a half hours. But I think it depends on whether, like, it's online, how bright the screen is. Because the 30S only yeah. has a three to five hour battery life anyways. It's true. So it's in true. terms of, like, battery for, like, a mobile device, the Nintendo mobile users are already familiar with how long the battery lasts. And, like, I carry my 3DS all the time. And I know when I'm not playing it and I leave it on, after two days I have to charge it because it's it's dead. Yeah. Meanwhile, AirPods get like six hours and I still can't figure out where they even put the battery in those things. All right. <laughs> um, let's talk about uh, touchscreen. That, that is confirmed a capacitive touchscreen, which for people that don't know the difference so far, Nintendo has been using... A touchscreen that requires force, like pressing down on the screen. That's why they have a stylus. Capacitive is what you're more used to on your Android and iPhone devices. It uses, what, bioelectricity, I think, is the technology that it uses. And uh, Rumble HD, which (laughs) they described as being able to feel the sensation of an ice cube in a glass, two ice cubes, three ice cubes, and three ice cubes in water. They also like brilliantly visualized what that feeling looks like. Yes, yes, that like that is classic. Nintendo. Icy cold mountains. Yeah. Now I, you know, I think that's really interesting. If they can, like, like a modern Apple product like the iPhone Seven with very advanced haptics that can give a lot of range of feedback, that is a very valuable add to me. Absolutely. I think this is the first thing that I saw, like I said, that starts to justify the price. New technology and providing features that other consoles cannot. I think like I think the, the rumble that you get in an Xbox One or a PS4 controller is pretty good, but it doesn't I, I they certainly can't accomplish what at least they suggest that these Joy Con controllers can accomplish. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, speaking of speaking of the well, technology in these controllers, they also mentioned they've got gyroscopes in them, accelerometers, and a camera that can tell the difference between rock, paper, scissors, and identify basic objects in front of it, which I thought was very vague, but interesting. I mean, I, <laughs> We're all tired. I, I, I was about to say. I mean, I, I, I guess, yeah. I guess if it can actually do that stuff again, one more thing to contribute towards the price point. Yeah. Uh, I just, you know, you have to take these sorts of things with a grain of salt when you're watching these launch 
uh, events because they they can be very crafty with the way that they say something sure. uh, in relation to like what the actuality of, of what they're talking about is. Right. They choose this every is very word similar carefully. to like the Wii and how they had like the, the camera, the little like Wii sensor bar and what they advertise is, is what you got. So I think instead of having that Wii sensor bar as like an additional peripheral that's always getting knocked over by cats or something like that. It's built into the Joy-Cons, so that's kind of what what you're dealing with, what you're working with. Well, so you've got, it, it senses the spacing, how far you are, and it works well with that 1-2-Switch game that they debuted today. 1-2-Switch. So I think it's, it's a cute concept. It's going to be popular with families, and it's something that, it's like, um, like the Wii Sports it's something that I was gonna say. Is, this has kind the, of Wii Sports feeling about it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, before we before we get onto One Two Switch or, or or into sort of some of the games and how they talked about these things, I do want to point out for people who of why the accelerometer, gyroscope, and the camera thing might be important. A lot of people, myself included, really loved uh, Super Mario Maker on Wii U. And if you're going to have a touchscreen device, it's very easy to recreate that. But this isn't like the Wii U in it that it's your portable screen and your TV at the same time. So if you were going to do creating on your TV, you would probably need to have some sort of cursor or something to select items and lay down items. So, you know, having some semblance of Wii-like control there or or touchscreen simulation while you're sitting down is probably probably important. Um, for at least for functionality parity. Um, so okay, let's talk about one two switch. Specifically, they they kept saying new ways to play. They emphasized look your opponent in the eye and face to face interaction. Like I I was saying it as we noticed, but like the the screen is almost just something you check after the game is done. It's not necessarily yes, this, the game. Exactly. So so they. They showed this uh, marketing video of these two guys out in the desert, these outlaws having like a duel, like a traditional like pistol duel. And it wasn't until like probably after they had gone through the motions of like drawing their Joy-Cons and firing at each other that we noticed that the screen was sitting there on like a stump next to them. I think, Ryan, at some point you even like mentioned like I haven't seen the screen anywhere. I don't think this is a screen game or I don't think you need the screen. I would I would bet based off of the fact that they did reveal it to be there right next to them that you do need the screen, but by far the main interaction of the game does not involve a screen. I you know I think that that is to me the heart of what they're hoping for with this system, and like in a I way, I think it's the heart of one of the things that they're looking for with this oh, system. Yes, I certainly. think that. Like they at first they did demo this like traditionally wacky Nintendo gameplay style. You know they really emphasized the the games that are played when you detach the controllers from the system and your and your mobile. Uh, however, you know we'll talk about wait, later on. They also announced some like pretty traditional games that are meant to be played sitting on the couch with a controller in your hand or sitting in a seat using that handheld mode with the screen, like yeah. a traditional like portable portable gaming system. So I think that. You know, as far as like, you know, maintaining the DNA from the Wii, they talked about like having the DNA of all the previous Nintendo consoles in it. So as far as like the DNA that's coming from the Wii and the Wii U, I, I think you're right that, that this sort of like 
they're trying to emphasize the real emotion of like looking at somebody and not looking at a screen when you're playing a game with them. But I do think there's a whole another half to this, which is them trying to be like a more traditional console. Agreed. Agreed. Before we get into the games, because I think I want to kind of just end um, this by going through a list of games and, and, and maybe one or two other side facts. Uh, I just want to point out in terms of that, like them saying new ways to play. And, you know, Nintendo has always been searching for that because they feel like competing on competing with the other guys is just competing for who can assemble the best components at the cheapest price, right? Um, and we saw the Switch lets you essentially kind of play these games where, like, the screen is a secondary thing. You can put it on a desk and play with two controllers. You can use it like a big 3DS slash tablet. You can put it into your TV. But you can also connect up to eight of them together for local multiplayer, which, by the way, is going to make the next Super Smash Brothers very fun. Um, and it's also got online multiplayer for its ability to play. So there's a lot, a lot. And, and oh, and share a controller and local split screen, which is such a small screen, but I think it's still nice that they're including that as as, part, as a way to play. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I think that that is potentially the biggest highlight is, you know, in that original trailer, that teaser video they showed where, you know, people made ridiculous fun of the girl bringing it over to her rooftop party. Mm. Um, I think even in that video, they didn't show as many of the different ways that it can be used as they did today. I think that like we already knew that it was going to be versatile, but I think that today's event, they really just focused at least early on in like the first half of the presentation at emphasizing how versatile it was and all of the different kinds of way that you could, ways that you can play. I mean, even just sitting down on like the couch mode, you can either use the, the Joy-Con grip where you plug the controllers into a more like traditional controller base or they sell an actual like pro traditional console controller. So like even in one mode, there's already multiple ways that you can control it. Yeah. Joy and you don't even know what colors to to use with the Joy Cons. <laughs> I know that's so weird that it's coming with like just matching gray good ones or just like red and blue weird ones. I guess maybe the red and blue would be great if you had like a brother sister combo. Oh, how good is that? Like your two two siblings that just like okay, you use the blue one, I use the pink one. But then when you go to attach them together and your brother's worn out the red one, you're like, come on, man. Come on. That was, I need them both to play Zelda. Um, sibling problems. It's a hashtag sibling problems. The, right. um, the, the, the straps are, for me, the ones that uh, add some value to those controllers because otherwise they look really small, like small than the palm of my hand. I have big yeah, hands, so the, but it's like the, the strap adds a little bit of a padding, yeah, a little exactly. bit of an elevation to it, and that can make it a, a, a normal size, I would say. Not, not a... I'm still waiting to see, but um, without the straps, the console, the the Joy Cons, each and one of them, if you if you split it and you use one, only one of them, looks really really tiny for for uh, at least for a long period of, of of game time. The straps were not just the strappy part of the strap; there was some girth that it was adding to the uh, the Joy Con. Yeah, yeah, I think the strap, and thank God that they're actually including the straps. That's yeah, big. I'm glad that they went over all of the things that would come in the box. I think that, <laughs> that was important. That was very helpful. And like, I just, you know, 
I often like to compare Nintendo with Apple. I could just see like all of the accessories just being outrageously expensive. Yeah, totally. And, the, and by the way, that USB three uh, or the USB C thing that Yannick had mentioned earlier, they also plugged on stage. So if you want to get one of those obnoxious batteries that people buy that charge things, you can use that. And uh, we saw that we leaked. If you follow us on Instagram, the Hori uh, car charger. So yeah, lots of ways to charge. Anyway, it's, it seems like we're going to need to charge often with this thing. But let's start talking about some games. Um, Can't after... wait to talk about legs. <laughs> after 1-2-Switch, right. they said, now for something with depth, challenge, re- and replayability. Arms. What do we think it of this game? It looks like a fun game. It looks like the, the Wii boxing from like Wii Sports, where you're, you're just like trying to go at it. Yeah, I'm kind of th- with... This was a... Arms was a continuation of just the theme, and I said to you guys, I was like, "Can I just buy the non-fitness version?" Because they, like I said at the beginning, were very much, you know, emphasizing the active games that you can play on it, and I just want to play video games on my video game console. I agree with you. I'm hoping that Arms is going to have something of a normal mode to it, but it's probably not, and. That makes it a questionable buy for me, especially if I'm going to be the only person playing it and just, like, senselessly punching at my TV. <laughs> That's all I need. I don't know. You can just get out all that aggression. You just, like, just punch at the TV. Yeah, I could burn one of those. Springman. One of those that are going to be $30 and, uh, and that are going to, you know, make some families happy. It could be bundled. It could be like like a Wii Sports situation where we have all these different types of games. You just buy the bundle, and there you go, done. At which point, I'm just gonna be like, no, can I just can I just have the one without the bad games? Yeah. <laughs> can I just have the the the, the bad game free bundle? That would be great. Thanks. Um, let's talk about Splatoon Two. It's coming I'm out this summer. I'm excited for that because it's got uh, eight, up to eight uh, Nintendo Switches can play together locally. Yeah, that'll actually be great. That'll be great for that game because, let's face it, Nintendo's friend system is so bad that you need to physically go over your friend's house. That's the easiest way to connect to them. <laughs> yeah, but it also like allows it to become a viable esports game in that case. If you're having eight devices side-by-side next to each other. I'm assuming that that means that you can play with your friend who's with you, so you can make teams. Before Splatoon right now, you have your friends, you can play with them, but you're not guaranteed to be matched up with them in a game. It's so terrible. playing against each other, and you don't want to do that when you you play with friends. Oh, Oh, and Sandy, you're leaving out the most important point. Even if you did get paired up with your friends... You better be on Discord together because there is no voice chat on a Nintendo console. Right. Ugh. I wonder, just a quick side note about the, the local area wireless play. I wonder what any sort of like local discoverability the devices will have. I'm thinking of a scenario where I'm sitting in an airport or a train station or something. And I think it would be pretty cool to like know that I'm not only playing with people wirelessly, but that it's someone near me. Like... You know, I don't think I necessarily need to see their exact location, but it would just be kind of cool if, like, you realize, like, oh, there's somebody I'm playing with, and they're in the same airport as me, and, like, kind of that moment of, like, you look around to see who else has a Nintendo Switch in their hands. I hope it's, like, a virtual network where you can discover the other Switches around you. Andy, do you want to take this one? 
The 3DS already has something similar to that. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like if someone, you can, you have two options. Like Animal Crossing has that, like locate local players near me or locate players online. So I'm pretty sure that that's something that can be taught. Pokemon has it for Sun and Moon. Uh, I play it with my brother all the time. He'll be in one side of the house and I'll be in the other one. And he's like, Sandy, I want to beat you up. And I'm like, all right. Get this. This same technology that they used to do that, by the way, on 3DS right now, they let you do things like if I own a copy of Mario Kart 8 but none of you guys do, well, you can all download it from me and play with me. And as long as you're playing with me, you can play the game, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. And then, in fact, Nintendo sort of favors. Sure play. Yeah. Um, favors this approach over other things but also um yeah the spot pass stuff nintendo pushes pretty hard so i'm I'm gonna guess that it it probably is still gonna have a lot of that type of networking in fact the only way to share mario levels in mario maker for 3ds is to be physically near someone (laughs) so um all right uh let's talk about the biggest news of the night for me anyway super mario odyssey uh this game from what we saw the largest scale we've ever seen in a mario game uh they said they've been waiting to make a mario game like this since mario 64 mario it's a sandbox world he's leaving the mushroom kingdom for the first time ever and mario can throw his hat that has eyeballs (laughs) (laughs) well i think what's interesting and you said this outright the first environment they showed him in was like a an old new york city sort of vibe that was going on and that you are absolutely right when you pointed it out that's an environment that i'm not used to or i don't know that i ever have seen a mario in he's never left the mushroom kingdom yeah yeah not only that but it's like very uh it it was very non-cartoonish and like approaching some attempt at realism for as far as like the buildings and the streets and the parks and stuff that he was running around in yes yeah that was very interesting it was kind of like a almost like the a storybook 1950s idyllic uh new york city that you kind of like read about as a kid or like in movies but it's very foreign for anybody that's lived in new york before the graffiti and the porn <laughs> Um, what do we, what do we think about this game? I, I, have e- any of you guys played like Yannick uh, Davis? Have you guys played Mario sixty four? Yes, I did play Mario sixty four for sure. Um, I even played a little bit of Mario Galaxy, which I also thought was pretty great. I would probably pick up this game. I think it's hard to not touch an iconic Mario installment, and this seems to be like the flagship Mario installment for this console. Um, so, you know, if I end up with a switch, which I, I probably will after looking at this event today, uh, I will definitely be, be picking that up. I thought some of the new mechanics that you haven't seen in Mario games before was pretty cool. The, the tossing his hat and jumping on it was pretty awesome. I yeah. thought the hat looked stupid as hell with the eyes on it. Um, like not even just cartoonish and Nintendo-y, just like bad art, but the mechanics pretty cool. And the rest of the game looked pretty stellar as well. Uh, I think like, you know, they're, they're not stunning graphics by any means, but it was pretty, it was very aesthetically pleasing. I think what's interesting about it to me is that, like, not only seeing Mario in all these environments, we saw Mario fighting robots, for God's sake, and jumping over taxis, which are things we've never seen Mario do before. But also, like, to, you know, to remind people, Wii U did not get a marquee 3D Mario game. Yes, it got Super Mario 3D World, but 
that was kind of like an exploded out 2D Mario to me and I think to a lot of other people. It um, wasn't that traditional like that that camera angle that you know and love from Mario 64. It wasn't exactly and it looks like we're getting a lot that, of that now. Exactly. I think they're they're trying to pay homage to it, it didn't even like I think that Mario Galaxy had its own look and angle as well. And I think what they showed today was much closer to Mario 64 than anything else. Like they, they really seem to be trying to like breathe life back into that, that, that feeling and that particular style of Mario game. Yeah. I've never played a Mario 64. I've not, not haven't played a lot of Mario games to be honest, but um, no, this one looks really good. And, uh, and even if the New York environment looked a little bit, pixely and you know looked like the the details of a city where were not really well rendered once you get into those uh other open worlds uh the forest and and some like paradise land that we saw um it's cool and then the 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 the, the, the gameplay opportunities are look really interesting with the hat ability uh forming a bridge and everything like um it could be it, it definitely will be i'm sure a must pick if you get the console yeah, and it comes in the holidays, so it lets you finish Zelda and then move on to the next one. And you know what? I I can't say enough. It's such a small thing, but all we've ever been able to do in Mario is jump on like Goombas and turtles, and like just just to see robots is like what is going on right now. So anything to like give me new types of enemies with new types of behaviors in a Mario game, I think will go a long way. And like, I also think it's smart that they did a holiday release for Mario, because if for whatever reason the console doesn't sell well at launch, yeah, March and early fall, it's definitely going to get pushed during the holiday season. Yeah, Mario will juice that thing for sure. Um, so okay, moving on. Uh, another game that looked that looked very good, very traditional, and if you paid close attention struggled to hit 30 frames a second <laughs> was xenoblade 2 um uh, does anybody want to talk about xenoblade i mean i, I feel like i've been introing all these things it it Come looked on. really interesting to me i think it was it looked like a very beautiful game and knowing that i i have other you know acquaintances that really rave about xenoblade and their experience with it i would probably at least try it out. I don't know if they're going to have any ability to have have demos uh, on on this platform the way that like Sony and Microsoft do. But uh, something I would definitely poke interest in. Um, I'd probably have to see some solid reviews before I actually spend money on it, though. Here's a couple of reasons why it's a big deal. Number one, we haven't seen a Xenoblade since Xenoblade Chronicles on the Wii and 3DS, uh, and you got to remember the Wii was just a widescreen system. It was not an HD system. Uh, and that came out in 2010, that game. So it's been, you know, it'll be seven years since anybody's played a Xenoblade game. Secondly, the last one got a 9 out of 10 from IGN. It got rave reviews. Um, and so this this could be, you know, this is, the, this is the kind of Nintendo game where some people will get a console for this game, right? Like, this is, it's not going to be on the other systems, it's a you know a franchise well known for being, um, what is it, uh, Monolith Soft or something like that. They, a franchise known for being on Nintendo stuff. So, Xenoblade Chronicles Two could be that deep uh, JRPG that not Sandy was looking for. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and then this quick little two-second trailer for Fire Emblem. That's just kind of, hey, there's going to be a Fire Emblem. Good. You know, I'm sure that's, <laughs> that's going to make a lot of people happy. Um, and then a bunch of just announcements for Dragon Quest ten and eleven are coming. And also 1 and 2, which I imagine... Dragon Quest Heroes 1 and 2, I guess, will just be, like, HD remasters um, of the that's last what, version yeah, of the game. Seem, yeah, it seemed to be something along those lines. Now, oh, Don't I forget mean, our favorite. Well, I can't even yes. remember the name of it anymore. <laughs> Come on. Oh, it's so easy to remember. Project... Octopath Traveler? Was that what it was? <laughs> there we go. Did yeah. I get that? Did I, did I just nail that? You nailed just it. say pot. Pot. Project Octopath Traveler. Yeah. If any listener can record themselves saying that 10 times fast and we'll be the judge of fast, please send it in. We'll, we'll send you something nice. That's one of those ones where no no letter and it could even be lowercase if you were abbreviating it. It's, it's full P-O-T. Um, I don't have anything to say about it. It looks weird. It'll be fine. Yeah. It looks weird. Uh, looks weird. Uh, Nintendo things are like because they're such a heavily Japanese company. They're always filled with like a selection of games that I think there's somebody in another country that is really like lit up and very excited for. It, and I'm just like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> um, and then Todd Howard got out there and he was like, "Yo, Skyrim's gonna be on this thing." Yeah, Skyrim. <laughs> Davis, why don't you? I know you had some feelings. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's just the fact that it's like a six or seven year old game. Yeah, they just re-released a remastered version of it. For I was like, you just been playing and it the recently. consoles. Yes, I have actually, and you know, for me, I jumped back into it because I hadn't played it on PC before. Now that I've got my PC, and they, you know, sort of like launched it with some good mods baked into it. Uh, I wanted to try it out, but. I don't know. If I were making a brand new console, I wouldn't be highlighting at its launch event that we finally got support for a six-year-old game to run on it. I, you know, and also it's just like Skyrim's had its day, and I love that game. It's one of my favorites, but I, I just don't know that it's relevant enough to keep bringing up in a brand new launch event. I, to me, it's this announcement was almost just Nintendo making good on their launch trailer. Because in the yeah, launch you know, trailer, well, like ninety percent of the talk was like, "Oh, Skyrim, handheld Skyrim." Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I I do think there might be some value in, you know, I I think Nintendo is in desperate need of trying to appear more quote normal to some of the audience that they're trying to target. Yes. Obviously, they have their their everything that they talked about at the beginning. All of these active games where you're, you know, pointing the controllers at each other and stuff. That's not normal, right? But then there is a part of them, like I said, that I think is trying to be a more traditional console. And maybe this was their opportunity to be like, "Look, we have normal games. Look, there's a game that you guys all know and yeah. love that's just like your normal console/PC game." And, and it was like such a popular our, game that it's like a word that like a parent would know. Oh, Skyrim yeah exactly. my kid likes skyrim yeah yeah but i think it's a, it's a different approach it's like okay we have all these people that played skyrim now they're adults and they're having kids and they kind of want to pass that down and i'm pretty sure these parents would rather have their kids play on a nintendo system than on a pc or a console because you can have like the parental controls you know what they're playing, you know how they're playing it, and you know that it's kind of like a watered-down version of Skyrim. I think that is what they're going for. 
The other thing too is they uh, Todd Howard he he also highlighted the fact that it was the first time that Bethesda and Nintendo were working together. So that's potentially another opportunity to sort of announce a partnership there for new yes. IP to come. Let's get some doom on that thing. Um, or, or I mean, like just maybe even anything new from Bethesda. Oh, like if you're Bethesda, every, you know that your audience is waiting for something new. Why not partner up with a brand new console? And get on there? <laughs> Although let's face it, Bethesda has a hard enough time getting their shit to run on current consoles. Um. So maybe we'll it takes them six um, years to figure it out. I have mm. some breaking news. Uh, so after the event, they came out with uh, Nintendo.com slash Switch uh, website with more details about exactly what was presented. Um, and there's some uh, that, I mean, I will leave you to judge. But um, what comes with the paid online subscription coming in September? Um, so they keep on mentioning the new dedicated smart device app. We'll connect to Nintendo Switch and let you invite friends to play online, set play appointments, uh, chat with friends during online matches and compatible games, uh, all from your smart device. A free, limited version of this app will be available for download in summer 2017. So, uh, okay. okay. I don't uh, think there's social capabilities on the device. Yeah, so th- that's, you know, the more, and, and the title of that, of that, after before that description there's a title that says online lobby and voice chat it's not like app you know it's not like smart device app it's like you want online lobby and voice chat or new dedicated smart device app so you know it might be separated yeah, second I don't, thing I don't which think is that stuff's baked into the console itself i think you got to have your phone next to you yeah so second thing monthly game download subscribers will get to download and play a nintendo uh, an nes or a super nes game uh we newly added online play for free for a month oh Um, come on you couldn't just give it to us yeah so to give a little bit of context uh xbox is giving you four free games a month and um and then and playstation does four or five i can't remember um so yeah disappointing on this one because those ones are old games uh, i mean they're yeah, gonna but you have to keep the subscription the second your subscription expires on like playstation though you don't keep those games not on xbox you download those are yours yeah and also the 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 the, the <laughs> phrasing is weird because it says you'll get to download and play for free for a month so does that mean that after a month the game is gone i don't know it means after a um, month the game won't launch anymore until you give them five bucks yeah, exclusive deals, special offers for subscribers may include discounts on select digital games and content. Now, like that's that may for the include. small part. Uh, the biggest part, in my opinion, the um, each Joy-Con is $50, and they're $80 for the set um, for people that are willing to get more controllers. And the price of the pro controller is $70 knowing that an Xbox Whoa. one pad is $40 nowadays uh, and i well, can't I mean, imagine that an it's going to be a better one controller. controller is not going to be f- if you get it on sale it's going to be 40 bucks mm, yeah i mean i think it's pretty easy i think to get a $40 one that being said i mean the pro controller of the switch can't be better no can't be better than than the, the traditional Gamepads out there. Yeah, absolutely. Not. Yeah, but the, the pro controller is for like a very specific audience. It's going to play the game in a very specific way. So it's going to be. Yeah, but that doesn't give them the right to the price people that play me. Smash Brothers um, and who don't want to use the Joy Cons for competitive gaming. So they're going to spend the $70 on this controller. I don't think it's a. 
it's not something that you have to buy. It's optional, and it'll be in stock for the people that want it. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, yeah. wait. Mm-hmm. Yannick, I'm seeing here, you can get two Joy-Cons for 80 Yeah. Okay, so that's that's less of a pain for me. But did do you want to talk about the dock set? Talk to me. Uh, I haven't seen the price of the dock set. So the dock set is an extra power cable, HDMI cable, and a dock for the Nintendo Switch for 90 bucks. Now, that is expensive. I think that's too expensive. But what I think is really interesting is now you could, like, just have docks at different TVs in your house and just plop this thing in, which is a smart accessory to sell. Yeah. And also, that's also a price point where I think that's feasible. Yeah. Like, I think that, like, for instance, I think the Chromecast trying to go for, like, a similar approach where they want to make it cheap enough where you could feasibly have multiple of them in your home and connect one to each TV. And those are, like, 60 bucks. So I think, like, for another 30 bucks, a full-on dock set for, for your, your console would be would be good. Yep. And uh, last last but not least, uh, we've seen uh, bits and, and, like, trailers here and there. We've seen Mario Kart 8 but no real like mentioning of it by any of the of the hosts and uh Mario Kart 8 Deluxe it says races to Nintendo Switch in April i'm just reading a tweet from game informer um oh race in april like, new mario kart yeah those must be like press embargoes that have just been lifted or something and that that makes they sense did, they did not they did not mention the words mario kart at the event they showed yeah screenshots and, and game casting of somebody playing a Mario Kart game. Yeah. Yes, and you know what? A- a- every screen they showed, I mean, for Sandy, you know this, looked exactly like Mario Kart 8. So if they were going to call it something else, um, I would have been peeved. <laughs> like, don't call this Mario Kart 9. It is clearly not Mario Kart 9. What is interesting, though, as a side note, every time they showed Mario Kart, they showed a new battle mode, which was everybody's big complaint about this last Mario Kart. They basically made battle mode a race in the previous Mario Kart, where it should be weapons and then number of balloons that I can just knock off my opponents, which is correct battle mode. (laughs) So if they fix battle mode and it's mobile again and HD and includes all the DLC that they released and hopefully more stuff, then yes, I guess I'll buy the game again. Oh my god. All right, uh, Yannick, tell me about FIFA. Uh, FIFA looks bad. Um, <laughs> not surprised, but no, I mean, to to be honest, the last one, it's good. It's a good move. They have uh, skipped all the Wii and Wii U. Uh, they have skipped the Wii platform. Uh, the last one, I've done my research while you guys were talking earlier. Uh, the last one that I found on the Nintendo consoles was uh, FIFA 2007 on GameCube. Uh, so we're 10 years later. Um, it's good. It's, you know, and seeing what's happening right now in, in Asia around soccer, there's a big, big push, a big a business opportunity. There's a huge growth, a lot of money put into it. Um, I think it's a smart move from EA. And uh, I just hope it's fun. Uh, if you can't match the, if you can't match the, 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 the graphics of the, the next, the, the new gen consoles, um, it, it, it can still be fun i mean definitely from fifa 2007 fifa is really good right now uh so i hope this them porting over doesn't really ruin it um but um but yeah no just looking at a few uh a few images of it a few uh bits and pieces uh i couldn't tell 
I almost couldn't tell who was that goalkeeper that saved that incredible shot. Um, but 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 I'm 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 being spoiled by the bar next gen, and uh, and I think if the game is fun, it can really have a have its own, you know, have its place. Um, yeah, totally. I don't know. I just think that there's like a breed of games that I want to play on this console, and sports simulators are not it. Definitely, definitely. So um, as long as we're it, breaking news, thanks to the Nintendo Switch website, um, I've got a couple pieces of news to break. Number one, if you go to, uh, let's see this URL, I'll put it in the chat, nintendo.com slash games slash switch, you'll get to a page that links you to a lot of games. And let me go through some of these titles here. Some of them might surprise you. Uh, the FIFA Skyrim NBA 2K18 is going to be on there. Uh, Street Fighter 2 Ultra the final challengers so 2d street fighter minecraft is on this list um just dance 2017 has been heroes is on there and um just very quickly i know everybody's seen zelda a lot they showed us more zelda tonight it's looking great they showed us more story stuff than ever before but you can get zelda at launch for it looks like the retail price of a nintendo switch game just baseline of Zelda is going to be. I'm refreshing the page right now. Cut this. Whoops. Whole life broken. <laughs> Before you, I think it's going to be $60. I have the uh, Master Edition and the. and the, the, the Yeah, that's what Master I'm looking ed- at. Edition too. Okay. That is going to be at $130. Or $129.99. It has a statue. Um, it has a... Um, what's it called? Nintendo Switch... It's a Switch Hot carrying case. case. Carrying case? I don't know. Uh, the, the game. game the soundtrack. And, uh, the soundtrack. A little collectible coin. And the map of the world. The and, special And you get edition. to go see a baseball game with Link himself. Exactly. <laughs> that goes with that. And the special edition has Which the map, the soundtrack, right? the coin, and the carrying case. It's just missing the statue, I believe. Yeah. And I don't see the, the page price is not loading for the standard edition, but you got to imagine Nintendo has finally entered the... $60 for your video games realm. All games are 60 yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what I'm seeing on, on Amazon. So, real quick, Yeah. and this is a good chance to talk about this, mm-hmm. in any of that material that you're looking at right now, do you see what the game physically looks like? The actual physical game that you purchase? Because let's not forget, this console is intended to take cartridges. It sounds like there are definitely digital downloadable games although all we've really heard about so far are retro games from older nintendo systems that would be digitally downloaded but can you see anything about the physicality of the new games i I can see that it looks like a more narrow than a dvd case it almost looks like if you could take a 3ds cartridge case if you've ever seen one of those and like stretch it to be about six inches tall so like enough for like a dvd height artwork but more narrow. Um, because I thought what was really interesting was for as much of the console and its usability and its capabilities they showed during the event, at no point in time did we see anyone insert or remove a game cartridge. Well, I I, I know we got to wrap up, so we will wrap up after this, but I will say this to that, which is the thing that this is still part of the unanswered questions about this console is... 
what how the game management yes putting on games do games installed don't they i don't think they want to tell that story because they don't want to you know hori's leaked uh accessories included not only just a game holder but micro sd card slot holders because right. there's not going to be a good hard drive on this thing there just is not so it's going to be up to us apparently the the last rumor slash leak was that it can take up to a 128 gigabyte micro sd card so if if these games are going to be i mean granted they're going to be much smaller in size than the games that we're getting on uh you know xbox and playstation and they're not going to be six gigabyte day one patches because nintendo doesn't let that happen on their console um you know this could be it's just a story that doesn't sound good and something that they probably don't want to get into i'm like yeah you want hard drive space put in a memory card if not it's probably got some enough memory to save your games on it and for you to play off cartridges that'd be my guess yeah like like the 3ds cartridge I mean, the thing about requiring you to have external SD cards that is somewhat of a bonus is you have an un- you, you have a, a seemingly unlimited or very high amount of hard drive space physically ready to go at all times. Like if you had four huge SD cards with you, that's a lot of space. Whereas yeah. with the modern consoles these days, with the fixed hard drive space and not much of an ability or want to like fiddle around with plugging something extra into it, like you are constantly like reshuffling which games you have downloaded and which games you are removing. Whereas, yeah. like, the nice thing about an old-school SD card system is, like, I could just buy a whole bunch of SD cards and just have, like, all of my storage ready to go at all times without having to download anything. I agree. But then we're going to go back to the 90s where we're sitting there going, which SD card did I download Zelda on? <laughs> labels on them, <laughs> dude. I'm going to get labels going again and all that. Labels code. Come on. All right. Internal Get-organized. memory, 32 gigabyte of internal memory. A portion oh, of which is reserved for use by the system. Users can easily expand storage space using micro SDXC cards. Which is the what the extra capacity, right? The XC, I get yeah. Where are you saying that? That's great. That's good news. It's, it's uh, like towards the towards the bottom, and it also says uh for battery life, playing Zelda Breath of the Wild would take three hours before the battery gave you that warning and you had to charge it again. And also a confirmation here that it's a 6.2-inch screen with a 1280 by 720 resolution. So a 720p mobile screen. I think we nailed it up. We got it all. If you somehow was living in a cave in the last uh, three days, then you have all the the news here. (laughs) No kidding. You're welcome. Maybe you didn't want to check any website and you just wanted to go to your old friends at Pixels Weekly. All right. It's 1 a.m. on the East Coast. It's 10 p.m. on the West Davis is hangry. What? 10, 11, 12, 1. Yes. Okay. Davis is angry already. <laughs> Davis is angry. Davis I'm exhausted. Davis has been perfectly fine. <laughs> losing Using me as a scapegoat. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, think, before we go, yes. do not fail to alert our listeners that, uh, as, as we always like to remind you, you can listen to all of our episodes here on Pixels Weekly at pixelsweekly.com. You can also find some great written content, some updates of uh, new game releases, and just other interesting tidbits of information that we or Ryan seems to find relevant or exciting. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at PixelsCast. Uh, yes, and, and Sandy and Yannick uh, are kicking our yeah. butts to get uh, our Instagram and stuff going, too. So yeah. check that out. Tell a friend. Why not? Tell your friends. And tell Hold ladies on. first. <laughs>
Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, that's so stupid. Hi. You guys ready to go to bed? I think ready. so. Oh. I'm too excited. You're too excited. You're not going to be able to sleep for weeks. I want to pre-order this right now. I know. They should have just let us like, come on, Amazon. I'll give you the money right now. Yeah. There is an event on the 15th. I'm not going to that. Let's just hope that they are better at stocking shelves than Apple is. Let's hope that they're uh, better at stocking uh, shelves uh, than they are at the NES Classic. Oh, uh, uh, burn. <laughs> to burn to the dead. It's true, though. Apple. People right. can't find that thing. <laughs> I know. Ridiculous. It's like way after Christmas. Like, who is like, well, I need one. Like, this is the perfect stocking stuff. Where it's stupid. like, oh, the, the Switch is coming out in March. I've waited this long. Yeah, no kidding. Like, exactly. All right. Until next console reveal <laughs> no <laughs> until next week adios a plus see you later and hail to the podcast baby <laughs> 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 we'll see you next week <laughs> <laughs>